Thank you so much for the invitation. So you've done a lot of work in meniscus repair. Can you give us a bit of an overview in terms of what the state of the art is? Meniscus is one of the most fascinating elements of the knee joint. It determines the future of the knee joint. So once you lose meniscus or meniscus loses its function, the knee joint is going down and there's no escape from that. And this is why it's so fascinating. It's a very complex structure and it can sustain huge loadings like four or five times your body weight when you're jumping and landing. And so it's really strong and it's kind of an absorber of all forces going through the knee joint. However, when it gets sick, when it gets injured, its healing is not amazing at all. And very often it's diagnosed too late. There is nothing to save and we have to cut off the meniscus. And although we have some substitutes for the meniscus, either artificial implants or allograft transplantation, none of that is as great as your native meniscus. And this is such a huge problem in orthopedics. And we are trying to do our best. And probably this is why I'm hoping that McGovern Institute for Regenerative Medicine can help me better healing my patients. So what is the limitations of the current therapies? The limitations are that the meniscus itself, it's a poorly vascularized tissue and has very few cells. So it just do not heal very well. The other limitation is that very often when we start to have pain or giving away or catching in the knee joint, we as humans have this tendency to ignore it, to take a painkiller because we can still walk. So we don't go to the doctor, we do not diagnose it. And then the problem is getting bigger and bigger. And at the point where we cannot ignore it anymore, there's nothing left and we've lost our chances to save the meniscus. So probably the first thing is never to ignore the pain because the pain is our friend. The pain is giving us a notice that something's going on and we should clarify it, investigate it and make an action. So you just told me that if you have knee problems, it's prudent to take care of them before they get too severe. Is that correct? Yes. If you have a small disease, it's easier to treat and the outcome is much better when you have an advanced problem. Because very often patients are coming when the cartilage in the knee joint is already gone. So we are not talking about the meniscus anymore because we, are, we have developed the osteoarthritic changes in the knee joint and it's so different. So is there any guidance you have for people involved in athletics and other endeavors to minimize the wear and tear on the meniscus? There are a couple of factors that are taking into the consideration. So it's good to have a 
well and proper long limb axis. So you don't have any deviations, neither valgus, neither varus. So those people with excellent striped legs are doing much better than all the others. And if you have any secondary deformities, like you had a fracture in the lower legs that didn't heal very well because there is some angulation, it will always have an impact on your knee joint and other joints as well. So taking care of all the other injuries we have to keep the limb axis proper and correct is one of the key things. The other thing is not to be overweight, not to be obese, because the bigger we are, the bigger forces are going through the meniscus. Uh, third thing, it's smoking, because smoking inhibits neovascularization. So your healing potential goes suddenly down. And even if we diagnose and treat the meniscus, you probably won't heal it very well because of the smoking and because of the nicotine there is in the cigarettes. I believe that one of the outcomes of these meniscus deficiencies is osteoarthritis. Is that correct? Yes. Osteoarthritis means that also your cartilage is gone. The cartilage, it's a special tissue that covers the endings of the bones that are forming joints. And it's very important. It gives you the sliding and abilities to move your joints. So once your absorber, which is meniscus, is gone or it's not doing its function, then your cartilage will be gone for sure. In some people, in a couple of years, in some people, in 10, maybe 15 years, in your, if you are lucky, but it will happen definitely. The ideal outcome would seem to me would be to regrow the meniscus. Is that possible? For today, no, but all surgeons are hoping we are going to end up there at some point. Maybe the ECM, the lab is working on, the extracellular matrix, if it's in a gel or in some type of injectable substance, we can inject it to the meniscus and it will help the meniscus not only to heal with a scarring tissue, but we'll have a guided remodeling and regrowth of the meniscus. And this problem, the meniscal injuries, they happen even in 10, 15 year old children. So it's a big issue and it's one of the key factors that determines the future of the knee joint. So we hope we could regrowth at some point. So I presume the big challenge is that there's very little vascularization in that area. Is that correct? Yes, it's, it's one of the biggest challenge. But on the other hand, the ECM I mentioned has this potential for, first of all, to influence the way the tissues are healing. And second of all, to promote neovascularization. We are hoping that we'll find substances we can inject, for example, into the meniscus that has degenerative changes. And we look at this meniscus, it's not for the surgery yet, but you know, it's not going to end up well. And we can improve the tissue quality in this area, for example, by injecting something in it. That would be wonderful. I presume you're aware Dr. Badalak's work in terms of injectable materials for tissue engineering. Is that a possible pathway here? Yes, I hope so. We are right now working in the lab on the tendon regeneration. So it was like a main focus for us for now, but meniscus, it's a future. It's a little bit different because it's a joint environment. So it behaves slightly different than in other places in the human body, but still. I hope we'll get there at some point. So what about meniscus allograft transplantation? 
meniscus allograft transplantation, it's a great solution if you have nothing left and you can transplant the meniscus, you'll search for the perfect size of a meniscus that fits your knee. However, the quality of this tissue, it's always lower than your own tissues. And the idea behind it is that you transplant it, you resuture it into the knee joint, and it gets remodeled with your own tissues, but it's never perfect. So we are hoping for better solutions. So if you could regrow it, then it would be much better. And there are some studies on the artificial implants, but it's not working yet the way we would love it to. So again, remodeling, regrow, it's the future. Allografts, it's a good thing. It's great we have it, but it's not perfect. Let's talk some more about the knee joint. What else is there to cover in this area? The other hot topic in the knee joint is anterior cruciate ligament, ACL, which is one of the most frequently torn ligament in the knee joint. And the knee joint injuries are one of the most frequently injured body parts. So there's a huge population of people with those problems. And the ACL deficient knee will not function well. And it's a known risk factor for early osteoarthritic changes, which happens in a couple of ways. So first of all, the knee very often is giving away, it's pivoting. And then you have a secondary injuries to meniscus, first of all, meniscus we talked about, which is a huge absorber in the knee joint and another risk factor for early osteoarthritic changes. The other thing is that within time, usually within the first year of walking with ACL deficient knee, you'll end up with anterior knee subluxation, which changes the biomechanics of the knee joint and the loading distribution. And this also plays a role in early osteoarthritic changes. And the second thing is that usually 80% of people after the first two years walking without the ACL, they get an injury or they lose completely at least one of the meniscus. So those all diseases, they kind of work together and they work against our knee joint health. So surgeons are trying to reconstruct the ACL and we keep on searching the best surgical technique for that. And there are for and against every single technique. Some people use autografts, some people use allografts, some people use artificial grafts. And I would say that none of those techniques is perfect. And none of these techniques ends up with a perfect ACL the way it was before the injury. But we all keep on trying and searching for the best solutions for that. Let's talk about tendons. What is the situation with tendon and injury? Tendons are a part of the human body that connects the muscles with the bones. So this is something that makes our limbs moving and joints flexing and extending. But tendons can have problems as well. Very often injured tendon is Achilles tendon. It's the biggest tendon in human body. And it's the one that is the most frequently injured, actually. So why does it happen? Usually it happens slowly. So you first develop degenerative changes within the Achilles tendon. 
And very often you are not even aware of it because you can have no pain and no symptoms of that. And your first symptom of the problem is a complete rupture of Achilles tendon. And then usually it requires surgical treatment, surgical reconstruction. And there are no limits for the surgical reconstruction. The problems are occurring later. So from one side, we want this tendon to heal, but we cannot end up with huge adhesions between the tendon and surrounding tissues because then the tendon is not going to work because the tendons, all the tendons in human body, they need some sliding. So the body is not elective in healing. So it heals the tendon and it kind of adheres the tendon to the surrounding tissues. What we are searching for, we are searching for the techniques to reconstruct the tendon so we can allow immediate movement of the tendon, which is one of the best preventive methods to avoid adhesions. Sometimes you end up with having volumetric muscle loss. So you have a huge gap of a tendon and muscle attached to that, and it's really hard to fulfill it. So for this, for instance, you can use the ECM, the extracellular matrix, and you have to promote this healing by rehabilitation, by moving it immediately. And therefore, you kind of give an information to your body and to yourselves. What do you need there and how do you want it to work? So combination of a surgery, rehabilitation and a special material, which is the ECM, that can instruct your own cells. What do we need there and what type of tissue do we need there? This seems to be the best solution ever, especially if we have a huge gap in the tendon and the attached muscle. There's a lot of interest in the combination of regenerative medicine and rehabilitation. Is that important for your field? Movement is the key to everything. So in my opinion, surgeons, they are responsible for maybe 20% of the final outcome. And the 80% is the proper rehabilitation, which first of all, stimulates the body, which guides the body, what we want there, how do we want it to be formed? How do we want this movement to be there? And we don't want to have a nice MRI. We want to be able to use our limb, our hand, our leg, in a way we had before the trauma, before the disease or the problem. Without rehabilitation, without the movement, we'll end up with a stiff scarring tissue there and it's useless. Dr. Zanovitz, thank you for joining us today and sharing with us your pioneering work in orthopedic surgery and treatments for knee injuries. We wish you best in your future endeavors I'd like to thank the listeners for joining us and have the best day. Thank you.